Hi there, Sarah. Welcome to the Motivations Podcast. I'm your host for today, Katie, and we know each other, of course, because we were in the same OT class. Um, I'm just wondering if you can give us all a brief rundown of who you are and what it is that you do. Hi. <laughs> um, so my name is Sarah Chef. I work at Women's College Hospital in the Tap Me Pain Program, uh, which is the Toronto Academic Pain Medicine Institute. And I've been there for the last two years. Uh, a lot of what I do there is running uh, group therapy programs, and I'm also uh, the lead for our young adult clinic, uh, seeing people between the ages of 17 to 25 who have chronic pain. Um, before that, though, I had a whole host of other roles and <laughs> jobs and different kinds of side hustles, <laughs> all kinds of things, um, working on contracts and in other pain programs. And um, I also, for a short time, had a, a private practice um, where I uh, partnered with another OT and we uh, brought mindfulness and stress management uh, into schools and worked with kids. Great. Yeah, I think the side hustle is probably <laughs> going to be a common theme across our motivations podcasts. Um, and I remember from back when we were in the program that you had an interest in pain. Can yes. you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so this is really the, the dream job for me that mm-hmm. I had always hoped for while I was finishing school and that at the time just didn't exist mm-hmm. um, not not in Toronto at least. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to make it happen. And part of that was the private practice, was mm-hmm. saying, well, can I um, just find some clients on my own? <laughs> uh, this is my interest. How do I go about doing that? Um, and then also learning more and looking for those kinds of uh, additional courses and certifications that would helped me to really specialize in pain management. Right. Um, but it, yeah, it was definitely a, a driving force for me was this uh, interest in, in chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and just on that note, can you tell me, um, it could be specific to the population, to your current role, or just in general, what motivates you? Big one would be my clients themselves and in particular when somebody comes out of a class or a group um, telling me that they feel more hopeful Mm -hmm. Um, because in chronic pain management a lot of the time people feel stuck feel hopeless Mm -hmm. don't know what to do next they feel like they've tried everything to manage their condition and nothing so far has helped and um, I'm lucky in that I get to run a pain education class which is a weekly a single session class. It's an introduction to the the programs and services. And at the end of it, um, I usually have one or two people come up and say, like, wow, I learned so much, or this is so exciting and motivating to me. And when I hear that they're motivated, I'm motivated and I want to do more and I want to do better. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. So it sounds like that first contact then you might be motivating them in a sense and then they're motivating you in return. Oh yeah. It's this great feedback loop. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, If you had to write a tagline for your practice, what would it be? I know it's a tricky question. You you sent me this question and I was like, Oh no. And I, (laughs) I started brainstorming on here and like writing words down and trying to figure out what it would be. And 
I couldn't come up with anything good. <laughs> so uh, something, I mean, the thing that I say most, which won't make sense out of context, right. is notice and choose. Oh, okay. Um, and I say that a lot in um, all of the, the groups that I do, but it's it comes from acceptance and commitment therapy. And it's, you know, notice what's happening in the, the present moment, notice mm-hmm. what your experience is like, and then um, that awareness and that information can help you to make a, a good choice for yourself. So I use that for me. I use that for my clients. Yeah. I love that. Notice I feel like that can choose. be applicable to a lot of people in a lot of different contexts, yeah. but obviously has an impact on the work that you're doing. Yeah, definitely helps people to figure out kind of what's meaningful to them too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go off script for a minute again. And um, I know that you're the f- first OT in your specific program. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what that means and maybe what that transition transition was like? So when I came into the program, they said, we don't know what you do. <laughs> uh, can you sit down with all of us at a lunch and learn and teach us what OT is? So I made a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and I called it What the Bleep is OT. <laughs> and... Um, and handed out prizes if people could, <laughs> could answer questions like, uh, are OTs basket weavers? <laughs> yes or no? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it, uh, seriously, um, it's, it's been kind of an ongoing mm-hmm. kind of process of teaching and learning and um, being able to bring forward and really promote what OT can mm-hmm. provide. I think I've, especially in the last probably six months or so, been doing a lot of advocacy for the profession. I think that we need more OT. I'm not in all of the programs that we're running because we're expanding. And I think that that's a shame that we need to have that occupational therapy focus because we do get people coming in, um, for example, in our pelvic pain clinic, which I'm not a part of in Mm -hmm. any way, um, who need activity adaptation, who need um, to be able to find a a clear way to work towards their goals. Mm -hmm. Um, And they get kind of like bits and pieces of it. Right. But um, I think there's really something special that that OT can offer. Um, I mean, one of the the easiest things that gets so discounted, um, but I just see the benefit of it for my clients and, and for my coworkers too, is that um, way we have of looking at problem-solving activities Mm -hmm. and bringing in adaptive aids and tools. And, like, everyone knows what a reacher is, but nobody knows that you can build up a handle with foam. And nobody knows that um, you can, you know, open your cupboard underneath your sink and put your foot up and right. like offload your back and right. I tell these things to people and they're like wow my life has <laughs> changed the physios in our program are like we need to put this in our physio group <laughs> so I, I see that that benefit is really uh, spilling over into mm-hmm. our other programs um, I've lost track of what I was talking about or what you were asking me. Oh, no, oh, just what that transition what was like. What the transition was like. Yeah, yeah I think it's um, been, been ongoing because the scope of OT is so broad. Right. Being able to have people really know what is it that I can offer and what, what is it I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And there have been lots of times that I've had these little teaching moments of um, uh, someone saying, oh, we'll need to refer this person to physio for that. And I'll go, well, hold on, like, I can do that. Or, right. or to social work and, no, we don't. <laughs> I can do that. Right. <laughs> so it's it's those moments and taking advantage of those. Mm-hmm. But and then and then on the flip side, also figuring out where my boundaries are and having to set those too. Right. Because there can be so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can only be in so many places at a time. It's obviously too right. Yeah. 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 As much as I told myself otherwise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, if you could send one inspiring message to the OT class of 2020, what would it be? Okay, I wrote this one down so I wouldn't forget. Um, I think the, the biggest one I would say is be creative and don't be, don't be scared to try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that I think held me back a lot while I was in school was wanting to get everything right and wanting to get it right <laughs> the first time. Right. And then graduating and things did not go right. <laughs> and I had to um, create opportunities mm-hmm. for myself and, um, you know, do things that were out of my comfort zone, ask people for opportunities um, I did things that I said while I was in school that I would never do. Like I graduated and said, I'm never doing research and I'm never working in the community. <laughs> and then the first jobs I had were research and working in the community. And I really liked both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, be creative. Don't close any doors to yourself. Just see what happens. Say yes to things. And you can always say no later. It mm-hmm. doesn't work out or you don't like it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's a perfect note uh, to end on, I think. Um, and it seems that you're really sort of embodying what it is that we try and teach in this course. Um, cool. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's amazing. And uh, it was so nice to catch up with you and hear all about what you're doing. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs)